This is Digital Marketing Fastlane. This podcast will show you how to build, launch, grow, and scale a widely successful online business. Listen to real conversations with proven practical strategies and success stories. You're going to learn how to generate more traffic, more sales, more profit, and customer lifetime value for your online store. Coming to you from the online marketing experts at Voy Media, here's your host, Kevin Urrutia. Hey, everybody, it's Kevin Iruta here from Digital Marketing Fastlane. I'm also joined with my co-host, Eric Philippou. Hey, Eric, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good, it's been great. Great to see you. It's been a week of not seeing you. Today, we were very, Eric, you put a very special episode up today. And today, we're going to be talking about states of awareness. Um, and this is a great episode because it's not just, it doesn't really pertain just to Facebook ads. Of course, we're talking about Facebook ads here, but I think this is just a great marketing concept for any sort of, digital marketing, offline marketing, and just sort of thinking about how your product fits in the market to some people. So here's sort of advertising based on state of awareness. So the way it's usually broken down into four different sections, and here's how we think about it. Number one is unaware of the solution and unaware of you. The second one is aware of the solution, but unaware of you. The third one is aware of the solution and aware of you. And the fourth one is aware of the solution, aware of you, and they know you can fulfill this sort of need, right? So um, Eric, in sort of this sort of unaware solution and unaware of you, I think when we're thinking about marketing and advertising, this is where it's kind of like top of the funnel, right? Prospecting, yeah. out of market, this is sort of where you do it. And uh, obviously, Eric, you probably experienced too, this is really where most brands put a lot of their budget into. So yeah. how do you sort of think about that and sort of how should a consumer or a brand owner be thinking about this sort of segment of the customers? Yeah, and if we can go to the next slide too, if you want. If you're unaware of the solution and they're unaware of you, it's like this is much different from the next part in the sense that if they're aware of a problem, I'll give you an example. Like this really applies to very novelty, unique products that just aren't on the market yet. A good example here is like the slap chop as opposed to a kitchen knife. Like people are aware that, you know, cutting vegetables might be annoying, but they don't know there's an alternative to a kitchen knife but some kind of like slap chop device. They don't even know it exists yet, but they know the problem exists. Mm -hmm. So, and they don't know your brand or you, when I say you, when it says unaware of you in this presentation, it's unaware of your brand or your product. Yeah, that's how we think about it, where it, it'll make more sense in the next slide, where it's a more competitive niche, like soap or kitchen knives, which yeah. we talked about. But and yeah. I, and yeah, and I, and I think too, if they're unaware of solution and unaware of you, I think the key thing here, Eric, is, that people need to think about is unaware of a solution. This is dangerous, I think, because it just means that you really have to educate the user or consumer mm -hmm. on this thing. And that could be great. So for example, think about it like, um, I'm not sure if you, what do you think about this, Eric, but like maybe something like Casper, right? When it first came out, it was like, oh, bed in a box, right? I think people knew the problem, which was like going to retails and seeing like trying all these beds and be like, okay, there's like 20 sleepies, there's 20 mattresses, like, oh, this is like such of a hassle. But then when Casper came out with like one thing, one mattress, and then also like it shipped in a box. I'm not sure if that's a really good example, but I guess maybe this is more of like an innovator's dilemma. It's like, you didn't think about how to, to do this because traditionally you're so used to being in a store and, and you couldn't possibly think that you can compress a bed to like a box, right? So maybe it's like a yeah. innovator's dilemma type of thing. I know what you mean. In a situation like this, for example, here you want to be very careful. You want to really address the main central problem. 
an essential desire around the product. If you pick the wrong thing, it's not really going to help. Uh, like one example can be, I guess, Uber versus a taxi driver, mm -hmm. right? Okay, they both get me to A to B, but when you really address the, like the convenience of it and the desire, like um, the, the convenience and the, I guess almost the consistency and the trust, the other benefits of Ubers compared to taxi drivers, the message gets a lot clearer because that's really what yeah. these like uh, new users of Uber think, oh, this is no brainer, way better than a taxi, which you don't think about it after the first few uses. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's actually really interesting too because yeah, the Uber one, it's like, there's like, I think, I'm not sure where this falls, but like everybody knows taxis and taxis suck, but like no one knew how to fix it, right? And then Uber came out, it's like, oh, this makes sense, right? I think when the product makes sense, that's when you really know what your problem is and you solved it perfectly because then it's like, oh, that's obvious, right? That's when you hit a key pain point, kind of like Airbnb, right? If you're like, oh, it's obvious that you should rent your spare room, right? But this wasn't something that was obvious. And I think those are like great companies. And that's the, those are the companies that everybody's like, oh, Eric, I've had that idea two years ago. I should have, that was, I should have done that. Right. But I'm like, yeah. that's not how that thing works. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and in this situation, yeah. when you're targeting like the main benefit, you want to address the problem in the hook of the video. Cause they don't know if you showed someone a slap chop, just what it was, they'd never seen it before. You have no context that it cuts vegetables or what it does. If you address the problem in the hook, they're aware of that. Like cutting vegetables, like, like you have a big thing of vegetables you have to cook and you don't want to cut all of it. It's annoying or, or something like that. Where, and you and maybe the hook says something like, are you tired of cutting a lot of vegetables or does cutting vegetables take too long? Whatever the main benefit of slap chop is, um, you want to address that problem in the hook because the people are aware of the hook. You're going to get their attention, especially the people with that problem. And then once you have their attention, you want to get their interest and you, you introduce your product, but you want to introduce it very clearly, like demonstrate what the slap shop is. I think there was that famous infomercial sales guy who, Vince? uh, I, I forgot his name, but I just slap shop. Yeah. Yeah. He, he did the slap shop and he did that better. He, he demonstrated the uses of it as though I was a successful, I guess, infomercial, wherever it is, but you want to show it in use clearly. It was and, so catchy. Yeah. Too. It's like such a yeah. Yeah. yeah constantly hitting angles like um you know you don't have to worry about no mess none of that just take it throw it away that kind of stuff where they show a very unique product and in its demonstration because because like i said they don't know what the slap chop is they don't care about the little piece of plastic it is you want to show the benefits and not the features exactly so yeah. that's kind of like how it changes their life not with the 14 cents of plastic it's probably worth and exactly. And I think here, this is these type of products or these type of services that are ones where you can really make a lot of money since you're the first to market, but also the most expensive ones. That's why like, obviously some, like we we're talking about Uber before Airbnb, that's why they're worth so much money because they're kind of like the first to sort of completely solve this and really get market awareness. So that's why they're worth so much. But anyways, moving on to the second one is kind of what I think most brands fall into. They're aware of a solution, but unaware of you, right? Obviously, Eric, you're mentioning before, soap, right? That's one that everybody needs that. You basically born growing up knowing, Hey, I need soap, right? It's a thing that's like instilled mm -hmm. in you. Like, Oh, you don't want to smell like you got to use soap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is really where you need to be really creative here. They're so competitive. It's such, such a competitive niche, competitive market, compar competitive solution, essentially. And kind of some things that Eric, you mentioned is just address a problem, 
and your product's in the hook. So the first three seconds, you have to really show the benefits of the product, not really the features. Other things about it is like so credibility, um, especially in these sort of commoditized products, competitive niches, they're not really new inventions, but sort of like a twist on an existing thing. Yeah. And then again, compete for attention aggressively, shock, entertain, mm-hmm. that sort of thing to be thinking about. And I guess a brand that Eric, you like to sort of mention that shows this is obviously Dr. Squatch, right? Yeah. They're, so we'll go, we they're a good example. Yeah. Okay. And actually, if you want to backtrack a little to the schoolyard one, to the cereal school and okay. show an example of actually introducing that. So basically this is an example of actually the first slide kind of if they're unaware of a solution, unaware of you. So cereal school is like a keto cereal. Mm. It's perfect for people with a sweet tooth. And it's like, uh, it tastes like regular, like sugary cereal, but it has like one gram of carb in a serving, which is crazy. But if you saw a bowl of it, just like how it is now, you wouldn't know that. Yep. But the way they introduced the problem, if you want to fast forward, if you want to rewind to the beginning of the video, they introduced the problem in the hook. And it's a really compelling and entertaining one. He's cutting up a Twix kind of is reminiscent of those like taste made videos that are so popular, but it says one, that's one gram of carb. That little piece of Twix is one gram of carb. And then you compare it to this. This is something that's one gram of carb. It's this giant bowl of looks like sugary cereal. So that's how they introduce their product in a really exciting way. They show the problem that a lot of people have, these sweet tooth people trying to lose weight. I'm guilty of that. Yeah. And they show their product in a cool way. It's kind of a really good example of, uh, what we mean by that first point, introduce that problem first, then lead it in. Whereas they won't really understand or be familiar with your product mm-hmm. if you do yeah, it the other way around. Yeah, because this makes more sense now. But also another great thing that they're doing here is everybody knows what a Twix is. So they're leveraging mm. another brand's authority. And so it's, it's... That's true too. So if you look at the video, there's a reason why it says like you can... They obviously aren't showing it because it's probably trademarked. But this is so obvious of what it is. And this is a little trick that brands can use is everybody knows what a Twix is or how it looks like. And everybody kind of knows a Twix is bad for you, right? So they're using that sort of uh, authority or sort of, you know, connotation to sort of portray their brand. So that's another thing that they've done on purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think something you'll, something you'll know too is like a lot of this stuff is like never accidental. It's, some stuff is like clearly done on purpose um, because they know what's going on. But anyways... I think this video is so good. I love the way that the text is over here. So that's one gram carbs. I'm like, oh, whoa. Like, I didn't even, like, I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that, right? <laughs> like, it's just like, it makes you go, wow, right? Oh, wow, like, this is crazy. Like, and then I'm like looking at the cereal here and I'm like, oh, whoa, it's actually a lot of cereal. Like, that's going to make me hungry or fill me up. And I'm happy mm. knowing that's going to be one gram of carbs, right? It just makes you feel good. Like, oh, wow, I can actually have one gram of carbs and somehow feel full because I think for me, at least when I see a lot of food, I think I'm going to get full from this. Right. So that's, there's another psychological, psychological trick they're playing there. They're playing a lot of tricks on yeah. there. Really? Yeah. It's like the small amount versus it's like that us versus them, yep. which their competitor magic spoon does expertly. <laughs> and we but, love running yeah, those type of ads. Yeah. Yeah. Really good style. Yep. Really good authority GQ the quote there. Um, and that's another part of this. Uh, we can go on to that second section again. Yeah. The thing is like, this video is kind of nice. It's like, they're looking at all these, yeah, I mean, this video is a pretty good video and I, I think it makes sense. And even mm. like here, it's like, they're like, oh, who's that milk? It's like, okay, clearly not your milk, but you know what it is. <laughs> Here's another one, Dr. Squatch. This is really in this sort of vein of aware of solution, but aware of you. So let's go back here. 
440 ads, tons and tons of ads, right? So again, Dr. Squatch is a great brand. I think we've talked about it maybe three or four times. We have a full episode on Dr. Squatch. So if you guys want to watch us do a breakdown of them, uh, I always think it's a great video. They're always changing their ads, but they're doing really, really good stuff here. And for them, this really goes into what we wrote down here, which is you need to compete for attention aggressively. And this is exactly what they're doing here. It's look at this, like the call out. There's nothing sexier than a man with good hygiene. It's like, oh shit, that could be me. This, it just goes into showing a sexy female, right? Just provocativeness. I want to go find a man that smells like this. And it's like, what is like, what is this, right? Very hooky, very like trying to get you to click on the ad, right? Again, look at this. Is your ball so friendly? Very attention grabbing. This picture, Sharon, 20 minutes, babe. Like they're like very, very attention grabbing. Um, I think the ads are getting better and better every day. <laughs> Honestly, I'm like, this is the first time seeing yeah. this. Yeah, it's like, well. You know, they're testing in yeah. mass. They're testing, but like even, I think we ordered them like a month ago. Yeah. yeah we did our brand or growth review, whatever you, um, the name is it, the, whatever the name we choose by the time the episode airs. Growth session but, review. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're constantly changing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're constantly changing. And like, look at this. Like, this is so provocative in a shower, right? So it's like, mm -hmm. makes sense. This one is so funny with the wiener, right? And like, I think about it. Think about how much stuff they're testing here. Like, look at the text here. Not bolded. Here, bolded, right? It's, they're just doing a bunch of stuff. This is, a, this is another great example. Of course, this isn't a breakdown of Dr. Squatch, but I think this is a, a great sort of company to go look at and see. And then the reason we highlight that is because uh, this is probably where most of the people you're targeting are in. Yep. They're especially mo like, unless you invented your product, a lot of people who you're just kind of, you're in a competitive niche, you don't know what to do. Even if you still are unique, the way you establish credibility, you have to shock and entertain and uh, lead, you know, still address the problems and the solutions in an interesting way, but you can be more product focused. Uh, you don't have to explain your product as much. Dr. Squatch doesn't have to explain what soap is, so they can focus more time on the benefits of it. So that's something really important. Yep. Okay, and the next one is aware of solution and aware of you. So this is a tricky one, I think, because it's sort of like, do they like do they like your product? Do you have the right product? Are you too expensive? Mm -hmm. Um so oh yeah. yeah. It's that middle of the funnel, right? Like yeah. they've been to your website, they haven't added to cart, they're probably still thinking. They're thinking about it. Are you a trustworthy company? Are you legit? Are you going to steal my money? Like every sort of objection that you can think about, about why you don't buy, right? It's sort of where mm -hmm. it comes out here. And, um, that, and in these kinds of ads, so they know what you are. They know, they've been to your website probably, and uh, they know what you sell. For some reason they left. So you can be more product focused in the ad. You can lead with the product. And even in highly commoditized niches, you could lead with the product in top of the funnel, like supplements, for example, you can see a pill bottle, you know what that is. But yeah, in this case, this middle of the funnel, you could be very product focused. You probably get these ads yourself in your feed, go to underarmor.com, you'll get an ad. It's like literally just the product with a white background. So those things like that, you want to reinforce the benefits more, but you don't have to tell a narrative the way Dr. Squatch does. You don't have to get too fancy. But you do have to get fancy in the psychology of it. If you're a huge brand like Under Armour or something, then that's not an issue. But if, you know, chances are you're not. So you have to overcome objections. So a lot of, it's either price or trust. So price, it doesn't always just mean be a discount. You have to show the value, you know, how much money people save. And a lot of times you can also go price per use if it's like a supplement or something. I think the Magic Spoon is one of those cost per meal. I think it's like a $10 box of cereal or something, but they say, oh, $1.50 per meal or something. 
there, there's some ways to overcome some objections like that. Another one is this urgency to change your life. Like, can you, like, we do this a lot also with these kind of click funnel style brands. You put a lot of urgency into it. Like, do you want to keep continuing your life without the benefit of this product? Um, to kind of stop thinking about the price as much. Yeah, so that's how you would evaluate the value and the benefits, not the cost. I think getting aware of solution and being aware of you, this is really tricky. I think you have to be really creative. Even, even honestly for this one too, I would, I would lean on some of the stuff from the previous one where it's like, they're aware of a solution, but unaware of you. You have to stick out different, do something a little bit differently, try more stuff because if not, your CPA is going to be way too high. So I, I think that this sort of lean, still leans into um, uh, some of the stuff that we talked about in the previous section, just because like, think about like Under Armour, for example, think about like Red Bull. There's a reason why they're trying, they're hiring athletes to represent them. Red Bull, there's a reason why they're doing all these stunts. It's like, you still need attention in a market that's saturated. So I think here it's really, there's so much stuff that you could do. And it's sort of like, what's going to make them buy coming out with a new product, coming out with a new look, like think about like Nike. Why do they partner with athletes all the time to get them? Right. So it's like, everybody knows Nike, but like not everybody buys them. So if I, maybe if I partner with LeBron James, will people buy more? Right. So it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And what Kevin's specifically addressing also is that trust aspect. Obviously, there's a lot of competitive advantages to partnering, but trust is the other objective. So showing credibility, like user generated content, like an unboxing or a review from a customer or an actor who looks like a customer, you know, influencers. Yeah. Social proof authority. Like you said, LeBron James, oh, LeBron James likes these shoes or he approves of them. So, you know, you know, I want to be like that. Uh, and also another one, I think we talked about this with the Mizen.co in that episode, but customer service. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, Kevin, your friend Joe is in the room. I know he takes these customer service calls really good at them. And uh, basically, that's really good at that part of the funnel because there's a lot of questions there people have to ask. And they're right there. They're right at the finish line. So good customer service just to answer a quick question can really help them out. Yep. Another one I think will be maybe aware of solution, aware of you and know you can fulfill, right? So this one, it's, um, nowadays, a lot of people are looking for like conscious friendly brands and Mm -hmm. knowing that what, where would you, where would you fit that here in these sort of four segments? Is it like aware, aware of solution, aware of you? And now that's like, okay, great. Like Kevin's brand is now eco-friendly. They don't use, they use recyclable Mm -hmm. bags, right? Maybe that can sort of make move over the hump on these sort of two sections. So it kind of depends on. Yeah. So I would market that as another benefit just like any other benefit. Um, and that's, we have some brands, uh, one specifically, they're the head of their industry in uh, eco-friendly, like very sustainably built, but you could, not lamps, but you yep. know, light fixtures, really beautiful design. They're kind of like reformation, but of in, like interior design, really sustainable, beautiful furniture and electronic stuff. Like, like it's great for top of funnel to get attention. The best angles in the top of the funnel are the sustainability angles. It gets people attention. Also just a gorgeous product. So people like that. And then yep. you can, we're more product focused, much, just much more product focused in the retargeting. And that's a, seems to be a good combination there. Yeah. Same. Uh, I believe that too. So that's a good combo. Okay. So for this one, it's um, aware of the solution, aware of you and, and know you can fill, right? So this is pop, probably maybe bomb of the funnel, hottest audience mm-hmm. in like e-commerce um, or just in marketing. And obviously, some stuff that you could show here, product focus stuff, urgency, discounts, showing your customer service and aggressive retargeting. Um, do, do we want to talk about that, these ads, Eric, too? Or Yeah. So in these, 
especially with the uh, like there's some a lot of trust. This is really good for retargeting in general, whether they're product page visitors or especially in that middle of the funnel. If you we can backtrack a little, that middle of the funnel, they're aware of you, but a lot of times, like I said, price or trust are the main objections. An example of a really well done, a brand that's doing a really good job of overcoming that trust obstacle in a very competitive niche is this one, Cernucci, where their ads are, you know, a lot of user generated content or influencer looking content to get a lot of trust. Yep. You know, it's just very efficient. You know, you can reproduce it pretty fast. And obviously they're running a lot of ads and this is working really well for them. And you can use this in the top of the funnel too. It's very product focused and people are familiar with you know jewelry. It's not a new invention. So yeah, it is really good. And the video scripts are really good too. So they talk about the benefits, how what you know, when they're going out and stuff, you know, people look at them more. A lot of these like base, you know, these base emotions and desires people like. So yeah, you know, that's a very important part of that, establishing that trust while also highlighting all your benefits. This is a very smart way to do that. Yeah, I think this brand is a really smart brand. Um, love the stuff they're doing here. But yeah, like they hit a lot of these pain points and uh, it's kind of what you're saying, like the creative does really the work for them. Look at look at this like ad copy. It's just like one sentence. It's like everybody knows what jewelry is, right? It's not like anything new. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but yeah, they do a better job of presenting it than competitors. Another thing here that we want, I really want to go over too is like for this sort of section two in remarketing, we like to sort of do aggressive retargeting anywhere between, you know, maybe four to five different checkout abandonments in like 24 to like, you know, 48 hours. Um, so here's an example of a, of a partner we work with um, that with Clavio, you know, last 90 days, Clavio generated about 83K in revenue, right? Which is sort of what we like to see, right? Everybody between any brand you're working with, you really want to be uh, thinking about your email marketing about 25 to 30% of it because it helps you with everything. And that's just a mix of obviously campaigns, but also just the, uh, the sort of uh, automations that Clavio has, like add to card, browse product, um, card abandonment, or even just like the pop-up welcome series, essentially, right? So that's something to think about. And here are some of the campaigns that you have for like um, card abandonment, right? So for this one, we have about five, right? So uh, five emails. Um, like I said, we like to be this brand we're working with. Um, then it went a little bit less aggressive, but even then, I still think that this is sort of key here. Right when someone checks out, you sort of send them an email. Uh, within 30 minutes. I'll, I know, I think the default Clavio one is like a few hours. I would suggest all the brands to go in and, and update that. Really, you want at least at least three emails in, in, in one day, right? And that's sort of what we have here. One, two, three. So I think that's so key. It's, there's a reason why seven day, you know, seven day retargeting works on Facebook, right? It's like mm-hmm. within seven days, they're probably going to buy. So hit them with an email. Most people in email want to wait. So I'm like, no, like just hit them right away. And Sort of address anything that you have in the discount give them everything right so you can go like i said this is um right at the finish line they clicked add to cart or some something got in the way life got in the way and maybe they're on their phone or they're on public transit or something and they stepped off whatever it is they hit add to cart especially if they initiate checkout you have their you know email and phone number you could do sms you can do you know add to cart like uh, dennis was on the podcast his live recover sms does you know they that's a very, very effective way for card abandonment recovery. And also in your Facebook ads, have an add to cart one day to get them in the same day because they're in that buying mode. If I had it sent my cart 180 days ago, like that maximum retargeting window, I'm probably not going to care. But if I added it, you know, like a, two hours ago and I'm scrolling, I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. 
you know, I thought about it a little more, why not? That's really good, especially put a little incentive on it. Like, um, I remember the first time I fell for an Educart thing was, uh, I had my email that said, you know, $5 off if, if you check out right now. I'm like, oh, why not? And uh, that was pretty cool. Even as a marketer now, I go to Facebook ads library and see if I'm shopping, I go to their Facebook ads library and see if they have some kind of card abandonment checkout or something, uh, discount. So you get a little discount there. I click that ad. Uh, you just use Honey, Eric. And just oh, I didn't know that. Honey <laughs> app, if anybody's one. listening, Honey app, you get discounts automatically in your cart. PayPal. No affiliation with the podcast, by the way. No, they're just good. Uh, but yeah, no, exactly what you're saying. It's obviously us as marketers, we know, go to library. But they work and they're still effective. And I think as, as probably time goes on, they'll be work less and less. But just like anything, uh, right now they're still working. So, but yeah, that's sort of like everything we have for today. I hope you guys learned a lot. I, I know I learned a lot because I still learn marketing every day. But I go in real quickly, hear the states of awareness. You know, one, unaware of solution, unaware of you. Two, aware of solution, but unaware of you. Three, aware of a solution and aware of you. Four, aware of a solution, aware of you, and know you can fulfill. So hope you guys learned yeah. something. Check out some of these brands. Eric, do you have anything else? Make sure in each step of the funnel, it's not just the same ad. You're overcoming some different objections based on what you think people would, like, why people would not buy it when they leave your site. You know, if your conversion rate's 1%, that means 99% of people are not buying. So there's definitely a reason you can probably think of. Yep, for sure. So yeah, definitely uh, think about it. And like with anything in the marketing, if you're using Facebook ads as your main source of tra traffic, I think it, you need to really pay attention to it and really think about it and make it part of your business versus like a side thing. Um, so just something, just, I think just take time to learn it. <laughs> so that's all I have to say. Hope that was interesting for everybody. Uh, my name is Kevin. Um, uh, any questions or comments, email us or, you know, just hit us up on our podcast, Digital Marketing Fastlane. Uh, leave a comment on YouTube um, or, you know, just leave us a review. So thanks, thanks guys. This week's episode of Digital Marketing Fastlane was brought to you by the performance marketing experts at Voy Media. Join us again next time as we'll be bringing you more tips, techniques, and know-how to make your online business the very best that it can be. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, we'd love to hear them on Twitter at Voy Media. Thank you.